never get it out now. So certain are you. Always with you, what cannot be done. Do you nothing that I say? Master, moving stones around is one thing. This is totally different. No. No different. Only different in your mind. You must unlearn what you have learned. Another great episode of Foodie Dashi Pod. I'm here with Nicholas. Great. <laughs> and you weird expectations for us. I mean, hi, Lauren. How you doing? Oh, by weird, do you mean exciting? <laughs> um, today, I'm super excited to talk about something that has really been trending a lot on Twitter here the past couple of years. And when I say couple of years, I just it's really in the truth trending for all of games, right? Is how do you design game controls, or maybe more accurately? games controls and how like hit feel for combat or why did they decide to map something to a certain button yeah. especially in a day and age where remapping your control scheme right is incredibly important for sex accessibility yeah. and so it's kind of comes to why are controls and how you control a character so important the thing for me that becomes really problematic though as a game designer is when people look at things as how they are done and that how something is done becomes why they do it in the games that they create. Yeah. Because how something and how you do something is totally different than why you should do it. Exactly. Yeah. So Nicholas, do you want to take it from here and kind of some of the games that you've been playing? I think that yeah. we're a little bit older versus newer and kind of let's talk about maybe kind of right how those old games used to do it. So when we were discussing this earlier, um, I, I noticed this problem when I was playing Dragon Age Inquisition. Uh, Lauren had given me homework. I had to play the Dragon Age games, and I did. I played them. I didn't play all of all of them. I played most of all of them. Um, <clears throat> however, one thing that I noticed in Dragon Age Inquisition was that there was this perverse situation where in order to make sort of the, the avatar's movement in the environment in sort in the volume like more realistic in other words like you when you're moving from say from side to side when you're strafing if you're strafing in one direction and you want to strafe back in the other direction you actually have to like slow down turn around and go in the other direction in much the same way that you actually would have to in real life but the thing is despite the fact that this was more realistic it actually felt incredibly clunky to me because what i'm used to as someone you know i'm not a huge i don't play a ton of third-person games like that however of the ones that i do play i'm used to being able to essentially twitch back and forth very very quickly and that feels better to me than the sort of like and then having to go the other way and even though i didn't bring this up before speaking of old games strangely the one game where that feels right 
in other words that that sense that you have to like sort of slow yourself down and then move back in the other direction is a really really old game called joust however the difference is that in joust that's like a primary aspect of how the game plays like you can't play the game unless you understand sort of like the basic physics of how you move through the screen and how the screen wraps around itself like you have to be able to do that because if you if you don't have that motion it's part of the game mechanics precisely because there are these pits that you can fall into and if you were just e easily able to like twitch back and forth you know at will then in many ways the lava pits would be absolutely meaningless but if there's that threat that if you don't slow down properly when you're turning that you could literally just die like then it's built into the mechanics. Whereas in a game like Dragon Age Inquisition, like I didn't feel like it needed to be that way. There, it didn't serve any purpose. It was like being more like f physically mechanical in a particular, like more realistic merely yeah. for the sake of being realistic. No, exactly. And so something that's interesting. And so two kind of major things here, go ahead and, you know, shout out at, out at us to um, on Twitter at FuridashiPod. And, you know, go ahead and just tag the Bioware devs here so they can, you know, yell at me and be like, Lauren, you're <laughs> get totally it, wrong. Get, get, get um, Lauren fired from her job. <laughs> yeah, get, get Lauren fired. Don't, please don't get me fired. No, don't get Lauren fired. Um, it's very nice. Don't, don't get Lauren fired. I'm very nice. And and I actually, yeah, if you, I'm actually a couple, like, uh, I know a couple of them. I, I would like to say that we are friends, but. Yeah, we want to know, engage in productive there. discussions with I, the Exactly. So please. Yes. So that's what we want to do. Please go ahead and engage in productive, uh, constructive um, discussions with the Bioware devs. Tweet us at FurudashiPod. The reason why I'm saying this, though, is because two things. One, I talked about problematic of how things are done, right, becomes why they're done. Yeah. And then two, right, I talk about, you know, why is something done? So for the first of that, go ahead, please correct me if I'm wrong. But what I would say is that most action RPGs and action adventure games where you're in a third person character, it is immediately Twitch responsive. Like yes. no game does it the realistic way. Pretty much, It yeah. just doesn't exact then. So then why is it in Dragon Age Inquisition? It was our first time using Frostbite for a, a third person character. And unlike a first person game where the camera is where you are facing and how you move has to be equal, Dragon Age Inquisition uses the same stick input, which means your camera and your character have to be aligned, which is why the movement actually feels realistic. So correct me if I'm wrong. That's my reasoning for why I think it's actually like that. Okay. And in terms of game development procedure, um, does your level load and can you play the game over this movement is just a little clunky, but the game isn't broken. Yeah. Is the sound of game movement going down and yeah. right being able to play this amazing game of the year going up. Yeah, I should, I, I should note that it didn't ruin it for me. Like it, exactly, it, it does. It doesn't ruin it, but it does feel weird. and It feels different. Yeah. So second point, let's go into why maybe they left it and the rationale for it. Okay. For me, we're gonna look at two axes. We're gonna look at the control, right? The actual physical stick inputs of playing Dragon Age Inquisition, and then second, we're actually gonna look at the perspective of your character, right? Which is third person, but also of the environments you have. Dragon Age Inquisition is actually a very mountainous game. It's one where you really need to look where you're going. Camera angle is really important. Unlike in Baldur's Gate, which still is kind of limited, it doesn't- It's got that it isometric thing going on, yeah. Right? It's got the isometric yeah. thing going on and it has yeah. mountains, but you're able to kind of click on the ladder on PC. I, I think it's only PC actually as a game as well. Is Actually, that that's correct? that's an yeah, it, it is true, um, and that's an interesting point because, as far as I know, Dragon Age was 
like was ported to PC later. In other words, it wasn't designed with PC in mind. So it was I, designed. I do believe that it was designed console first. Yeah. I do not quote me on that. Do not at me at the Bioware devs for that. However, <laughs> I know that it was simultaneously developed, right? Because Frostbite is yeah. for console and for PC. Yeah. Um, I do believe true, yeah. that it was yeah. console first. However, that does mean that any game that you play on a console can be routed through your PC, but many yeah. games are PC ported. <laughs> so this is very important, right? Because the isometric camera of Baldur's Gate, that perspective, right? You can kind of click on the ladders. But when you look at the camera perspective of Dragon Age Inquisition, this is a controller forward game and you really need to kind of see where you're going, right? And in order to see where you are going, the camera is on your right stick, yeah. which means that you need to see. And then once you see you move, yeah. this is why I kind of brought up the first person shooter perspective of the original of the uh, of Frostbite in all of the first person games, which it was originally built for, is that before Dragon Age Inquisition, by the way, Frostbite was not used for any third-person game, just so that we're all clear. I think it may have actually been used for maybe like EA Sports, right? But you're kind yeah. of managing like a team for soccer uh, and in these sports games, which is more isometric. Okay, so let's look at that perspective. Well, and, the, and, and the field is a fixed environment. So and the field is a fixed environment. Yeah. So when you look at Dragon Inquisition, it really was a new spectrum. The art, however, necessitated, right, for you to look up, you have to look up a mountain because you're yeah. going to have to physically climb it. You have to look down because you have to find the path because yeah. despite being an open game, it is very linear like the real world where you wouldn't just traipse up a mountain in San Francisco necessarily through people's houses and backyards in, in yeah. the real world. They would put collision there in Dragon Age Inquisition so that you can't just Trapes. It also didn't have free climbing like in Assassin's Creed, right, etc. So unlike that Twitch, it was very easy as a game developer to rationalize. Look, we don't have free climb. We don't have Assassin's Creed parkour. We don't have any of those things. You're just walk running. I don't even think there's a sprint button, right? You have a horse. So we really just need to prioritize your horse, which you're going to have to look around. And then you're going to move. So once yeah. you figure out your direction and you move, just like in the real world, this is why you felt like it was realistic. Yeah. Um, this is just what's going to happen. This is what makes sense for our world. And honestly, I think it, it does make sense, right, as a mechanic. It is clunky because in even in those types of environments, in a traditional third-person game, you want to immediately turn because you've kind of already in your head, yeah. you kind of already know what you want to go. Why? You have a mini-map. Well, right, you have yeah. all of these other features. Well, it's interesting that you specifically bring up sort of the the interplay between sort of like the actual control mechanism. Because you think, actually, when we say control, we're in many ways talking about two things. We're talking about sort of like the, I guess you could say the software framework and like, you know, what button does what. It's like that sense of control. But we're also talking about these things. Like the, the actual like physical thing that you have to manipulate in order to control something. And something that I hadn't even thought of until Lauren brought this up is that so I if a game is available on console and PC, I tend to play it on PC because that's just that's my background. But one of the things that I didn't even realize I was doing in Dragon Age Inquisition, but now I realize I was doing is I was playing it like a first person shooter. Because there were all sorts of moments in which I would do the classic thing of you know, where you move your character right up to a corner. And then so in, 
in the PC version, it, it actually has sort of like the standard MMO um, camera controls where you hold down um, your right mouse button and then you can freely move the camera around. I was literally doing the thing where you strafe up to the edge of a corner and you turn the camera so that way you as the player can actually see down a hallway in a way that your avatar cannot. And that's a classic thing that you have to do in first person shooters because you have to sort of like strafe in and out of positions so that people can't hit you. And me, as a absolutely terrible friend and co-host, did not tell Nicholas that Dragon Age's Inquisition is meant to be played on controller because I'm yeah. a failure. So <laughs> please no, this play this game on controller. This is actually incredibly failure. productive, but I actually feel <laughs> very terrible right now. I wasn't because trying to call you out. Nope, he called me out, guys. This is exactly <laughs> what he planned this whole time. Yeah, <laughs> I'm kidding. Okay. Look Screw at your you. face. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's like we're simultaneously like we, we have respective buses and we're throwing each other under them as, as, as we go. What's even better is it's like I'm driving. It's like you're driving the bus that is hitting you and I'm driving the bus that's hitting me. But we're trying. We're both throwing each other under. Each oh, it's like Slither IO. It's like Slither IO where you're, you're yes. trying to like. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. guys. All right. So, so back on this top. is what it's usually like when we're not recording. Just for all of you out there that it's usually like this constantly. Yeah. Um, anyway, please continue about that because I I played this on controller. I actually played it on the PS4 back when the PS4 was the premier console to play on. Woo woo! And now it is just so sad. Yeah. And I recognized that when you play these action adventure games, the control scheme on a controller, because I'm a very console based gamer. If it is available on console, I will play it on console over PC. If it is only available on PC, I will play it with a controller because I am a very okay. controller-based gamer. And what I've noticed, and I'm not sure if this is of any known indication, or if this is just from hereditary, hereditary of the genetics of genetics, uh, of how we've designed controllers since the eons of time ago. Yeah, the battery. Left is always to move, right? And right is always to look, yeah. right? And that's just mapped very easily right on the controller and that's just kind of how it's been yeah and with I, the exception I, of games that actively play with that mechanic i'm um, a good example of this is the the katamari games where they completely yep. like re-envision what the control sticks are for yeah exactly and so other than that the same kind of with tank movement right where you have yeah. the two sticks yep and they're used for tank games <laughs> excuse me i had to cough there and had to go away um and i think that that for me as a controller, right? I very much was like, okay, I use this and I look and then I use this and I choose the direction. So yeah. I could be looking right and I go left. And this is why my my friends like to watch me play games because I'm really good at the epic like horse riding into sunset, like <laughs> pan your camera slowly movement. Like I'm very, yeah. very good at that. That honestly, when you play on PC, you just don't really, you can get that for like a shot, but then as soon as you twitch your mouse, right? It flips all the way over to another well, side. Well, that's well that's the thing is that so in certain games yes and no. In a game like Dragon Age Inquisition, yeah, because there is a there is a snapback that you can't I couldn't find a way to disable. It. I actually wanted to disable it because I found it annoying. Um because and not annoying because it's a bad thing and by, you know the devs were bad for doing it, but because of the the expectations that I have for how a control system like that is supposed to work, which largely comes from playing MMOs. In MMOs, a lot of times you're not actually, so, you know, typically in a game, you know, in a PC game, 
you're going to be moving using the WASD keys. You know, that's, you know, the classic, you know, the classic left-hand triangle. However, in a lot of MMOs, you can actually move entirely using just the buttons and the mouse. So for example, you know, you can move forward just by holding down the, the right and left mouse buttons at the same time, and then you can freely move around by, you know, moving the mouse around. And the reason why that exists in those games is because your primary skills are activated using how, whatever keybinds you have. So in many ways, you want to free your left hand to be able to move around the keyboard so that, and then so the movement is entirely controlled with your right. It's actually, it takes a little while to get used to playing like that, but you can actually play much faster if you do that. And but honestly, I only play like that. So any first person shooters out there, any PC games where you're supposed to do WASD, I cannot play with WASD because my PC games were all MMOs. I was MMO first. And so I 100% have that expectation yep. that the controls need to accommodate that MMO like style of play. And what's interesting about this is how, okay, so then you have the expectation there's then, so that's the, that's the first point. Like how have I as a player been trained to feel when I'm playing a game? Because we've made very clear that Lauren and I like have very different expectations for how you're supposed to feel when you play a game, depending upon the mechanism. Then there's what the mechanism can actually allow you to do. And the mechanism is itself a bifurcated thing. It's both the actual physical thing that you manipulate with your hand, but then it's also, you know, the software systems that recognize those inputs. And then the third aspect of that is how then all of that reflects in sort of the, the visual and in some cases somatic feedback that you get from the game itself. And so the thing is, what we're talking about is in many ways how for us, the feel of a game goes all the way back to that first expectation that you have, which has been trained from other games. It doesn't just come from, it's not, you know, genetic. You, you don't, you're not, na you're not naturally. I, I called it the genetics of yeah. the, it, there is this genetic theory and I'm terrible with names and papers, so I'm not going to remember it, but there is this genetics theory where every seven years, right? Your cycle, your cells are actually kind of completely recycled. And also within that, that you are actually able to write to your genome based on to the types of habits that you have. Um, yeah, it's called epigenetics. The, 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 the yeah, it's, it's basically that, epigenetics. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but I didn't want to. Okay, so epigenetics. Now you can look it up. I'm like, I don't know. It's a genetic theory, and I really am a huge fan of epigenetics, especially when it comes to right this health studies of how healthy or unhealthy are you. Your children will actually inherit those DNA genetic markers depending upon right when you have conceived those child, which chromosomes they get. So I call it genetic as well because just like. Um, it, it's almost like every seven years, right? This is it's like a seven year thing. But just like in epigenetics, where we kind of can see the human genome rewritten, it feels like every seven years, we're also seeing the game's genome, right? Yeah, rewritten, yeah. the types of control schemes that we see, the types of games that get released, the theories and like the, the feel of it, right? It feels like there's this seven year cycle that we always have to get through. We get some premiere games of that time. And then it's like, oh, there haven't been a lot of great games. Oh my gosh, games. Oh, there haven't been a lot of great games. Oh my gosh, games, right? If you ever feel like the games, every favorite game that you love comes out all at the same time, it's like that developer cycle. So yeah. to me, it was very genetically driven, which is why I used that word yeah. and is a little yeah. charged, but it is, it's the genetic of, of controls, Yeah. right? It's, it sets that expectation. Yeah, since I come from a humanities background, I tend to prefer, you know, talking about in terms of like ideology or even sort of like an unconscious to use the, the, the Freudian conception, because it's this idea that there is like 
there is something fundamental that is sort of built into the system that you're using that you don't necessarily recognize without actually like picking it apart. So let's talk about that and pick it yeah. apart right now. Okay. By saying people who adhere to the PC master race, you are <laughs> I probably, <laughs> I don't believe in that crap either, but no. you are probably right-handed. I am right-handed. Imagine yeah. if you were left-handed and imagine how a control scheme that is built for the PC where you use WASD does not fit comfortably and is not accessible to you because oh, yeah, you okay. use the mouse with your left hand. That's an interesting point because it shifts. So yeah, so the whole like WASD system is dependent upon having that on the left and actually having you you sort of manipulate it from that perspective. But if you switch them, I mean, that would require a lot of like remapping of keys. I mean, I suppose you could sort of remap it to the actual arrow keys because that's what the arrow keys are supposed to be doing. And there were, and interestingly enough, like even the WASD thing that that evolved over time because there were a lot of games and I'm thinking particularly of like, when arcade games were ported to the PC, so I remember playing like Raptor back in the the nineties. You know, getting getting a getting a shareware version of the game Raptor and playing it on my my parents' computer. Like in that game, the the controls were mapped to the arrow keys, and I remember thinking how clunky that was because you basically had to play it with then the like fire controls mapped onto the numpad and your hands are like smushed together like this on the side and you're essentially playing like this and yeah for someone who is right-handed then it is far more comfortable to have your hands split out especially if like you're natural naturally but if you're conventionally already using a mouse on on the right and you're sort of your hand is sort of resting on the left hand side of the keyboard yeah that will feel more natural but you're right it's it's conventional it is partially genetic because handedness is actually partially genetic but it's also partially learned as well and so in many ways yeah no you're right so there there is this sort of System this is why, yeah. yep, so this is right. why I talk about it in the genetic terms is because yeah. when you look at controls, right, and you look at, right, the patterns of how many are you right-brained or are you left-brained, right, especially when it comes to control, the one thing that humans, right, have above the other primates and mammals of the world, right, is always our hands, right, and our feet. We could grab things with our feet if we wanted, Yeah. but, like, and I say that's genetically because let's look at a moment in time where all first-person shooters were on the PC, right? And that yeah. was how you played a first-person shooter. And to this day, yeah. people will continue to say, the only way to play a first-person shooter is on the PC, or I guess yeah. Mac. Halo completely opened up it for the entire accessible world by putting it onto a controller. Now, I'm not just, I'm calling out Halo here because that's like, say, the premier game with like Xbox and Halo, and that's what's going to stand out in everyone's brains. I feel like, and perhaps maybe specifically in my genre, genre, my generation, my genre of people that were born in a specific time frame, um, will actually recognize that. And I think it's because it was both for left-handed and for right-handed. You have a mapping that now fits comfortably in your hand that you can play kind of regardless of having to learn and have an expectation of what the control scheme should be. 
Yeah. And now you're given a tool that allows you to control something, maybe not with CA, the latency or the pixel perfectness of whatever the old, right, the, the PC um, keyboard, mouse, and fanatics play. But now if you're left-handed, you're not completely unaccessible to an entire genre of games. You now have this control and go, wait, I now don't have to remap or learn. I would even argue that left-handedness in MMOs is hard because in English, we have English keyboards, and this is UK and United States. And I'm going to say English, or maybe you could say Romanized keyboards with- The technical term for this type of keyboard is the QWERTY keyboard. So the QWERTY keyboard, um, but like the alpha, I I don't know, it has the alphabet like A, B, C, D versus like, you know, Japanese keyboards. That is called the Dvorak keyboard. Dvorak? Yeah, Dvorak. D V O R A K and then the R has it's homework. Everybody learn how to spell that and then tweet us at, <laughs> at Furry there, There's there's a very um, famous <laughs> composer named Dvorak. That's why I know how to Oh, okay. So there's the Dvorak keyboard. But if you look yeah. at it, MMOs, especially like World of Warcraft, when you want to look at your journal or your log, it's usually L or J. Yeah. Right? When you want to have your inventory, it's I, your character is C. When you're left brain left brained, when you're left-handed. And you actually need to remap and say it's WASD is now, um, I believe it's actually like OL semicolon K or like something oh, like that. Right. It doesn't really yeah. remap well. All right. Um, it's something like that. Or say you, even if you use the arrow keys, well now, how are you going to actually do your abilities, which are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right all the way to zero? Do you now use the numpad? That's where game pads came in, right? And so now yeah. you have a second keyboard specifically for gaming because you're left-handed. And that also creates a barrier of accessibility because now you have to be able to afford another like what $40 keyboard just to play an MMO, right? Or you remap it, but now it's actually more inaccessible for you because you want to bring up your inventory. You're like, oh, I'll hit I, but say you've remapped an ability to I. Well, now suddenly you're like, crap, I just wasted my spell. Yeah. So controls, right? And the genetics of how we as humans interact with the real world are directly related to how we map them to the game, right? And this is why I get stuck on the problem. So much of how people look at things have been done, right? How are the controls have been done? Because that's all genetic. That's something that we of the eons past, right? We're ge- we're creating and designing games for you know the eons past. But yeah. when we look at our eons future, what is the genetic code of our future? Yeah. And then how are we designing the controls of those spaces, right? To what the game we want to make? What controls does it want, right? Yeah, because I feel like there's been a lot of improvement that has been made over the years, especially in recent decades, when it comes to issues like, you know, color blindness. And when you, when you're talking about sort of like visual accessibility questions, but I, I mean, even in thinking about these things, like I hadn't even thought about the, the, you know, the question of handedness and how like that would be different with, and it's interesting. So like you, it's it's weird how you then see sort of like these branching paths, because then sort of like the question of handedness might cause you to or not cause you but sort of like push you to favor um you know controller over you know mouse and keyboard and then once you're there like then those two like you know physical input systems already sort of imply different ways of sort of like manipulating things in the game and then sort of those branch and then those branch and so you know you have this very basic difference in sort of like 
humanity, human beings. And then that leads into all of these sort of accessibility issues. And the thing is, we're not even necessarily talking about like, because, you know, even though left-handed people are a minority amongst human beings, as far as I know, um, you're still talking about a very large, you know, portion of the population. We're not even talking about things that are sort of like accessibility issues for people exactly. who are like in extremely marginalized communities. No, exactly. And so this is why getting any sort of research or funding or kind of looking at the accessibility market, you could say, of game design is designing accessibility in games is so important because if we haven't even addressed these issues for, say, the billions of left-handed people, yeah. Right. We have a ton of games now doing controller remapping that are trying to say, well, only one percent of our players will not have a left hand or a right hand will be one handed. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. Right. Yeah. One, we definitely need to design games for one handed people. Right. We need controller yeah. remapping to make it accessible for them. But in our brains, our right handed, systemic, categorically, empirically, conventional, traditional brains, we're yeah. like, oh, everyone's right handed. So why would it be any no, different the problem from left handed people? The problem is we're not even thinking that. Like, we're not like, even thinking that. We're just like, doing we're not it even thinking. thinking. Yeah. Exactly. And it's the, that's where you went with the humanity side. It's unconscious, right? Yep. But it's unconscious because you are genetically predisposed, right? To kind of look at people or not people necessarily, but to, to know what's comfortable, right? And when I design a game, to be honest, if I design a game for a PC, I'm going to go with, right, the MMO controls because I'm comfortable with MMO controls. Yeah. If someone comes to me and says, these uh, abilities should actually be on uh, X and V, and we're skipping C because that's still character because players actually use spacebar a lot. I'm still going to be upset because I'm going to think, no, I can just use spacebar with my thumb and I'll still have my pinky for one and two. How dare you change the yeah. control scheme? And that's, and honestly, that's my bias that I write as a game designer am now becoming self-aware of to you and telling you that I'm now not going to be persnickety and go, eh, it needs to be on one and two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go, okay, you're right. Spacebar is actually used like 60% of the time. And our telemetry indicates that if we put our abilities closer to spacebar, we would probably have better ability usage, which would make the game more fun. And right, like now here's where experience comes in. And that's what's interesting is because then you run up against the so the thing is like a lot of, and so let's use the example of someone who is left-handed um because of the way in which like human systems are i guess you could say hostile <laughs> to left-handed people a lot of um lefties a lot of southpaws are actually ambidextrous for precisely this reason because it's like well i've still got to live in this world where it's not actually suited towards me so i will in fact just alter myself in such a way so that I can accommodate the way that the world is is set up. Now, the reason why I bring this up is because you may actually have an individual who would feel more comfortable if you designed a control system based upon your, you know, the telemetry data that you just talked about. However, because they have now forcibly like taught themselves to behave in a different manner and to try and like figure out a way to use their or sort of like overcome or sort of like shift their genetic predispositions to better conform to like the conventional way of doing things they might actually ab react 
to something that is better suited to them precisely because of the, the sort of the epigenetic problem, which is the way in which sort of experience has been, been like the sort of the your training, your discipline has been mapped onto certain like genetic presets, if you will. Exactly. So like, then and how do you how do you make the decision? How do you how do you decide to be like, okay, no, we're going we're going to do the accessibility thing, even if it means getting like backlash from crappy reviewers at certain online, you know, review sites. Yeah. <laughs> and that is not to call out any certain online review sites. That's why I didn't name them. <laughs> and what I think that's what really gets me is that now we can get into the game now with all of that uh, exposition yeah. we can now address the question that i tried that i started with this podcast with right and that i've been trying to answer and that i'm still grappling with is how do you create that decision and that environment where you look at how everything has been done and how they've done it and you can arguably right say okay, well, this is why we're doing it. You shouldn't make a first-person shooter and go, well, in my ideal, you're not going to make a first-person shooter and go, this is how movement's going to work. It's always going to be on a WASD. This is just always how movement has worked. So that's why we're doing it. No, that's not a reason why to do anything. That's how, right, you are accomplishing a goal, right? why are you actually designing movement on WASD versus why did you not design it on the mouse? Are there players going to be playing with the controller? Are you designing controller movement, right? Correct for that. When I talk about controller movement, just for everyone here, I'm not suggesting we should move it from like camera is not going to be right stick. And then you move with left. Cause I feel like even I am now having that internal bias of like, Oh, I don't want to change the way you move on a controller. That's weird. But I will say that sprint is a very common thing that people argue about in game designs all the time. Same as jump. Does our game need jump? That's a super big argument we could talk for hours about. Yes. You're does our game? Jump. Yes, it does. Exactly. It always <laughs> needs jump. But do you actually need jump? I have designed games without jump. And um, should have had jump. It's yeah, should have had jump. But why? why every right? every game that you've ever designed that didn't have jump is a failure. I'm just going to say it unequivocally. Thank, thank, thanks, Nicholas. That's, that's, well, there is yeah, my career. No, I'm kidding. We have, yeah, we have... This goes back to us throwing each other under the bus. Yeah. We'll stop it. Uh, but so jump is one. Sprint yeah. is another one. Should sprint yeah. be on L3 or R2? And it really then right now, if you play shooters, you're like, of course, it's L3. If for the PC Master Race, that's, that's shift. Sprints are usually on shift. Oh, sprint is usually on shift. Uh, yeah, I, have, it. I have no idea. I have to keep remembering that it's shift. For controllers, right, and R2, also known as right trigger, here we go, back, right back to the Halo thing, Yeah. because it's called a trigger on Halo for shooters, you're going, there's no way I would put sprint on R2 if you play a shooter because you're thinking, that's what I shoot with. But if you're playing more of an action RPG sort of game experience where you don't really use R2 for shooting, and to make it more accessible, L3 is usually like a third eye or eagle vision. Yeah you would put sprint on R2. Why? Because you're usually always running in a straight direction and you need to be able to turn with your run. And so R2, turning your camera, you see, they're kind of matched together and then you can do whatever you need to with R1 yeah. or it just kind of flea floats. Or I claw, by the way, as a control scheme. Yeah. Because I am, I guess, you're genetically... Because you're a crab. Because I'm a crab. crab, crab, crab. <laughs> um, and, but some people cannot and can only use these two fingers. And so that means they have to switch. 
So then you I have to actually. recognize, right? Can you switch? Can you claw? I used to yeah, do fight claw. games, so I think that's why I can claw. But because you kind of have to if you're going to be competitive. Um, not yeah. like I was competitive. Just disclaimer there. <laughs> kind of have to do to be competitive because I was the greatest. I was. I'm absolutely terrible, Sunny. If you're out there, you can <laughs> kick my ass anytime. Um, but yeah, so. I, I do it this way and I'm kind of yeah. showing you physically in the YouTube video and the podcast, you can go ahead and check out our video on YouTube. But if you're a gamer, you kind of know what claw means, which just means you use uh, your three first fingers. So your thumb, your index finger and your uh, birdie finger, um, also known as the middle finger. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and you can use those three. And so I, I, sorry, I went on a tangent there, but it's important to kind of understand, right, that something as simple as running or sprinting, something as simple as jumping, right, is not actually that simple. And game developers as, as companies, right, we need to have these arguments of why do you have jump, right? Why do we have sprint? Because yeah. that helps us understand why we would put it on shift or even better, right? Why maybe instead of it being on shift, we put it on caps lock. Um, that's weird. I Although guess, for, I don't know, I don't play on PC. Which I don't know then, what Caps Lock which, usually well, is. Well, Caps, uh, Caps Lock is problematic precisely because if it's a game that you also have to like type to communicate in, then that creates problems. There we go. Then it creates problems because now you're always in Caps but, Lock. But but the, but the, okay, but I, I'll use a different example of, of one that people find perfectly acceptable, which is sort of like the classic like NumLock problem. And this was true especially of like older um, PC games where, um, where strangely enough, sometimes you could either use sort of the numpad for um, the the arrow keys because like if you look at your own keyboard you in fact and you see the the numpad you may notice that um, four eight six and one all have arrows on them as well and it's precisely because of this it's precisely because you could historically use the numpad as a directional system and it was especially commonly used in games in which you needed to be able to move diagonally because then seven which you'll notice is sort of sandwiched between four and eight seven then becomes diagonal in the combination of those two directions nine becomes diagonal in the combination of eight and six and then one and three etc however that only worked so long as you had numlock off and you so it meant that every time you would go into a game, you'd have to turn NumLock off. And that always frustrated my parents because they would always use the NumPad as essentially like a calculator. <laughs> and then, Which you know, is what they, I use it for. As a yeah, game designer, I was exactly. like, oh, God. And so, and, so then, and so then they would be, you know, they would be using, I don't know, say like, you know, Lotus 1, 2, 3 or doing an Excel spreadsheet and trying to input numbers. And it would be shifting between cells in the spreadsheet and they're like what the hell is going on and i would like sneak into the room and very sheepishly hit the, the numlock button <laughs> because i had to turn it off and so it's 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 things like that where it actually creates a problem and that system isn't really used anymore but it sort of is demonstrative of a lack of thinking about sort of like the way the physical input gets used in a number of different ways. That's not even necessarily an accessibility question. It's just a question of like this software program, which is not a game, uses the input system in one way. This software program, which is a game, uses the input system in a completely different way. And you have two people in the same household who are going to use it, or maybe even the same person who's using the same input system for those two things. And they might screw one or the other over as a result of sort of like this constraint that is imposed by someone who didn't think about that. 
Yeah. And so let's look at this example even a little bit more, say, personal or localized to a console as well. And we're going to talk about the Sony PlayStation experience, whether you're on a PS3, um, PS4, or PS5. I'm mainly going to talk about the PS4 because I don't have a PS5 and the PS3 didn't have the trackpad. It did have buttons similar to it, yeah, but the yeah. PS4 is more recent. And we're going to actually continue with what he's saying here, right? Where this software program uses this type of numlock, right? And this other software program, my game, needed the directions. We're going to talk about Sony titles in general, right? So Ghost of Tsushima, um, Spider-Man, Miles Morales, right? Anything coming out of a Sony studio project, right? It's going to be built for the Sony controller, yeah. right? So they're going to feel better on a Sony controller because that is literally all they're developing on. Yeah. Now let's look at a game that I actually really enjoy, but can no longer play on my PlayStation because of the updates is Genshin Impact, also yeah. known as Breath of the Waifus. <laughs> You're really fond of that. <laughs> I am never going to stop calling it that until I see it on a t-shirt. And so when I'm playing Breath of the Waifus, in order to get to my map, I have to hit L1 and also do right stick down and then release the right stick while holding L1 to bring up the map. I'm pretty sure that's how you do a dragon punch. <laughs> I am also pretty sure that's how you do a dragon punch. Um, so anyway, so I am memorizing these, you know, fighting combos. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. what is actually going on? Yeah. Dragon punch, map opens up. Yeah. And Genshin Impact, right, was not, is not a Sony studio, which is why, so their software, right, Genshin Impact, uh, I think, Muhio, uh, Mi, Mihuyo, Mihuyo. I think it's Mihuyo and it like stands for something. Okay. And this company is actually right, is deving for consoles, but is also deving for the PC. So however you actually open that up in the PC, it totally makes sense to have the two button inputs because it's a radial wheel, like in Skyrim. So you're gonna have one and then you're gonna just click your map, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in console, you don't have that. So what they decided is well, if the right stick is cursor, then you'll just deflect because you'll click the map. And you can tell that it was kind of ported to console. Yeah. So we talked about some Dragon Age Inquisition, right? Being ported yeah. to PC. Yeah. Now we're talking about Genshin Impact, a PC game being ported to console. Contrast that to every single other console, console first game, particularly ones like done by Sony Studios, but even like Assassin's Creed, um, Cyberpunk, any game using the freaking PS4 controller, map is trackpad, just click on it. It's just, just always, it's always that. Ghost of Tsushima, I think it's to do your guiding wind because they don't want you to look at the map. They want you to be in the samurai experience because like, yeah. it's a cinematic game. Yeah. And so in a cinema, you wouldn't, you would just know which direction to ride in, hence the guiding wind. Yeah. You wouldn't open your map in the, you know, in good, bad, and the ugly, open my map. Okay, where are we all meeting today? And then you close your map and then you ride over there, like yeah. in Shadowlands, right? You're like, open map, close map, open map, close map. Or the, or the games. You can which... actually get a movie that's yeah. good, bad, and the ugly, but like our cowboy protagonists are opening their Texas map. Can we please get that? I'm just going to pitch that right now. Okay, no, what I was, what so... I was funny are, are the ones where like sort of the map is a kind of like translucent overlay or over, over the game screen and so like you're playing but also you're sort of hallucinating the map at the same time oh oh i love that like when vr happens yeah. and sword art online is real and i get to go into <laughs> it and then i get to open my map and it's a translucent scream on my like left eye or something yeah so freaking happy that'll just um, make me sick i think I, I, i'm yeah I, 
I don't think what's funny is I will get super sick in VR, but I think if you gave me a translucent map, I would somehow rewrite my genetic code and then in seven <laughs> years would just live in that game to have the translucent map on my screen because I play that way and wow all the time. But yeah. this is really important, right? For the controls, yeah. you're like, oh, that would yeah. make me sick. And for the controls, you look at software like Nicholas is talking about where he had to, you know, turn the numlock on sheepishly so that his parents could do this software on yeah. the same PC, yeah. right? People that are creating games for the PC are kind of also thinking about that. The same is with the console. These Sono studios can create amazingly good control schemes, amazingly good hit feel, amazingly good, say, in a lot of things, or have um, have resources put to other aspects of a game, like yeah. its cinematics or its storytelling, or maybe even like Ghost of Tsushima, where it can go into skills, it can go into all these other mechanics because they don't have to worry about the controls. And yeah. I think that's what's really, really important about Sony Studios. And now you're seeing it also with um, with the Star Wars, uh, Lucasfilms just came out with Lucasfilm game or something. And it's the Star Wars games studio like marketing, right? Is that they're understanding yeah. now, maybe they're just doing it for marketing. Maybe they really are just doing it because Sony was like, hey, we have studios now. But Sony recognized that by limiting right their developers specifically to the controls that now they control how the developers think about what they need to do with the game That's and eerie. as soon as it is eerie yeah. and as soon as okay so as soon as another game comes out on the playstation right and does something really cool with its controls say like <clears throat> assassin's creed eagle vision <clears throat> way back when every game has some sort of geo-locating yeah. right, thing on yeah, the bottom yeah. D-pad, right? Yeah. Or if it's not bottom D-pad because they have to use that for something, then they put it onto right LS or uh, LS is a uh, left stick. Sorry about that. Um, or a right stick, which is RRS or R3, I think is how it is in Sony's mapping. Because yeah. it's like R1, two, three. <laughs> and then there's going to be yeah. a four where you shake it. Um, I hate I'm that. Done. Like, I, I, yeah. So, but, the thing, yeah, okay, go <laughs> so, ahead. Just, just to wrap this up really quickly. Yeah. Think about that, right? And think about as soon as a game comes out with something really cool, other games copy it because that's how they did it, right? But does their game need it? Why did they do it? And in some, right, I do think that it's a really cool mechanic that the game did need. So the original Tomb Raider reboot, right, Lara has to, she doesn't have to understand these artifacts, but she gets like Lara vision. I actually don't know what it's called because I called it Eagle vision the whole time I was playing the game. But she gets that sort of like third eye. Yeah. She can see yeah. these new things, yeah. right? And it helps her. Then, yeah. right, look at Persona 5. It's actually called the third eye mechanic. I rarely used that because I could see the UI and I could kind of see where I could do things without the UI having to pop up. And yeah. the game was responsive enough because it was a Sony only uh, console, like a console edition game. You can only play Persona games on, well, you can only play Persona 5 specifically on a yeah. PlayStation 4 slash PlayStation 5 that the UI didn't need to pop up for me to do it. However, when I needed help, when I actually couldn't read the UI, when maybe my game screen was really too small or something was inaccurate, I could use the third eye and then it would highlight those areas. And so they actually used this mechanic as accessibility, right? Tomb Raider reboot of 2013 used it as like an enhancement so that you could actually collect everything so that you yeah. could just play it once and not yeah. have to replay, especially because it was very linear. 
And then obviously Assassin's Creed did it because Eagle Vision was actually the huge mechanic of the game. It was like, this is how you're an assassin because these are your assassin instincts. Yeah. But that would have been terrible to localize and translate and also say in English, assassin instincts. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, so so you don't even have an eagle in the game. And they're like, uh, eagle vision because you jump off buildings like an eagle. And someone was like, sure. And yeah. you know what? Honestly, it, it works. And now they don't really have eagle vision in the game anymore. They have like animus assassin instincts. <laughs> well, and I think that that that, that that's a, that's a good place to like land on for 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 this bit because at the end of the day, when it comes to the, these sorts of decisions, like does it work? Often is the the overriding ideology. Like we we talked about a lot of things having to do with like you know genetics, epigenetics, and so forth. But for someone who has to like create a product and ship it by a certain time, oftentimes, does it work? is really what we're talking about. So thank you everyone for, for listening. Once again, as always, you can yell at us on Twitter or uh, at, at Foodie Dashi Pod. Um, if you get this podcast through, you know, Google store or through iTunes, um, do please rate and review us. It actually helps, you know, push things out to other people so that they can be just as mad at us as you all are. Um, yell at us on Twitter, yell at us in the comments. If you're watching the, the YouTube video, and we will be back probably with a lot more of this conversation because it's a really good one um, at a later date. Um, but until then, stay safe, take care of yourselves, and do your homework. Bye.